Welcome. You are about to take a journey to a place of the divine love within with Deborah Buffet on the Love by Intuition show. For the next hour, allow her to prepare you in becoming a magnet for a profound love-infused relationship by identifying and focusing on solutions through love. Awaken the light within and let your essence shine. And now, here's Deborah Buffet on Love by Intuition, all part of the Dream Vision 7 radio network. Welcome, everyone. Bonjour, mes amis. And yes, here I am, Deborah Beauvais, founder and owner of the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. And we're in our 17th year, and the number 17 is special to me, so I am just putting it out there. If it's the first time you've tuned in, we are a Boston-based, fully producing internet radio station with all the bells and whistles, no matter where you are, what country you're in, what state state, whether you're in the car, whether you're home, at work, or even asking Alexa, you can listen to our shows uh, around the clock. Um, And we have divine music on Sundays. So tune in anywhere and anytime. Uh, Well, well, first, Bill, before we get to our special guest, uh, if you've been on our site, if you're checking out our social media, you know that we have announced our peace uh, campaign for 2024, and I would love for everyone to participate, so go to our site, check it out, go on our social media. What it boils down to is you writing a Uh, essay, 200 to 250 words, and the question is, what does peace look like to you? And you can email me, go on the site, Dream Visions, all one word with an S on the end, the number 7, radio.com. You can contact me directly anywhere there. Uh, So, I have the honor to have guest Ellie Locks. She is actually um, connected to Joan Ranquit. And I actually was referred to us from Joan. And I am very excited to have her on. She is the founder of The Gentle Bond uh, out in L. well, not L.A., but out in California. And I found out that there are other um, gentle bonds in a couple of other states. But uh, Ellie is, uh, she's the founder and she started the gentle bond after adopting a sick goat from a rundown petting zoo in 1999. Some 200 animals later, including chickens, horses, pigs, cows, rabbits, and more, uh, gentle, the gentle bond has become an extraordinary nonprofit that brings together a volunteer staff of community members and at-risk teens to rehabilitate abandoned and or abused animals. She teaches the volunteers to care for the animals. They learn a new language of healing that works wonders on the humans as well. And so without, we'll be sharing more about her. She has an excellent book called My Gentle Bond, Creating a Sanctuary Where Animals Heal and Children Learn to Hope. Uh, so without further ado, and, and let me mention too, this is a live show. Sometimes I forget about that. It's a live show. You can call in, talk with Ellie or I, ask a question, 
Bob is in the house. Our toll-free number is 833-220-1200. So come on in, Ellie. Hello. I'm so happy to be here with you. <laughs> yes, thank you. And so let's get right into it. What? Tell us a little bit about your life journey and how did you get so... Uh, involved or how did your mission come to what you're doing today? Tell us about your childhood and what, you know, the twists and turns that brought you where you are today. Well, I was born an animal lover, like I think all of us are, but thankfully I never outgrew it. (laughs) Um, And I was really lucky to be raised in the, I actually was raised in Boston, St. Louis and Connecticut um, and Los Angeles. And in my childhood, I got to watch tadpoles turn to frogs, and I got to explore the woods finding salamanders and bunny rabbits. Um, I got to lay in fields covered in monarch butterflies, and I had hummingbirds fly into my face and give me a feeling of peace at my worst moments when I didn't want to be here anymore. So it was always nature that beckoned me, reassured me, and encouraged me to keep going. Um, They did so much for me through the challenges of growing up, that all I wanted to do when I grew up, um, I kept telling everyone that would listen when I was seven years old, I would say, when I grow up, I'm going to have a big place full of animals and show the world how beautiful they are. And it was something that I could never let go of. And I would imagine what the gentle barn would look like um, before I fell asleep each night. And I would draw what the gentle barn would feel like and look like and arranged by... Um, when I was at school, and by the time my class was over, my desk, my arms, and my notebooks were covered in pictures of animals. But I had no idea how to start my dream. I knew that I wanted a big place full of animals. I knew that I wanted to invite hurting humans to come in and heal with us. But I didn't know how to start it. Like, what is the first step for something like that? And about 25 years ago, I discovered a petting zoo I'd never seen before. And I went in just to be nosy. And the place was awful. The goats and sheep had toenails that were two feet long and trouble walking. There was no water on the property, even though it was over 100 degrees. And they kept beating the ponies to keep going round and round in circles carrying kids. But the worst horror that I saw that day was the fact that the place was full of animals and not, uh, sorry, full of humans. And not one person could see the suffering in front of them. They were so busy with their own experience of holding hands and skipping and smiling around and and taking pictures that they literally couldn't see what these animals were going through. And it made me absolutely sick to my stomach. And I ran for the door and blocking the exit was a very, very old and sick goat that looked me in the eyes, stopped me in my tracks and asked me for help. Oh, boy. So I returned... I returned her gaze, and at the time, I lived in a little house with a half-acre backyard, and I thought, well, I could bring home a goat. (laughs) (laughs) So I went to find the owner and said, hey, can I have that goat? And she said, no. And I said, well, she's dying. Can I buy her? Name your price. And she said, no. And I said, well, I guess I'll just wait here till you say yes. And I stayed there for 12 days. Oh, my gosh. You literally? Literally, Yeah. Wow. And finally, on the 13th day, she came and said, take the goat and get the heck out of here. And so I brought Mary home. She was a big white goat with giant golden eyes. I brought her home. I got a mobile vet to come out and remove her tumors and trim her overgrown toenails and teach me how to massage her deformed legs so she could walk again. And um, she was healed a few months later. 
And the authorities that I was calling refused to do anything to help the animals at that place. So I went back there and I started taking all of her sick and dying animals home. And that ultimately started the gentle barn. And there's one aspect of my whole story that I did not mention yet, which is that from the time I can remember, like literally from the time I was a toddler, I could hear animals talking to me and they could hear me talking back. And Mm -hmm. I thought that everyone can do that. And I was horrified when in elementary school and later uh, high school, I realized that the people around me could not do that. And not only could they not do it, but they bullied me and teased me for doing it. And so my gift as an animal communicator allowed me to have a very rich and beautiful childhood, but it, it, it was something that I became ashamed of and secretive of in my teenage and young adult years because I wanted to be quote-unquote normal. And, mm-hmm. you know, the minute you deny who you are, it's a slow and painful death. And I was just heading in the wrong direction. And one day I realized that in order to fully embrace life, I had to fully embrace who I am. And so I started practicing animal communication more and more in my dog and cat rescue and then in the gentle barn, and now finally I'm doing it for clients all over the world. And I guess that's, you know, a big lesson here is that we, no matter who we are, no matter what gifts we have, no matter what the people around us think about us and our gifts, we have to embrace who we are and we have to let our light shine for the world to see. Absolutely. And that's the, that's the ongoing journey really is to come back to ourselves find the love that everything inside, we are love, and just embrace that. But that's the journey really for all of us, uh, a piece of it anyway. Um, I wonder um, wonder why she was so adamant not to let you buy the goat at the beginning. Do you know? If they were all... If, you know, if they were all um, ill or not taken care of, abused, whatever, why didn't she just say yes at the beginning? Well, I think a few reasons. I think to say yes would be to admit that the animal needed help that she wasn't willing to provide, and so it's an ego thing. That's um, a good point. And I also think she just didn't want to be bothered. You know, she was busy doing what she wanted. She didn't care about the animals. She didn't care that I cared about the animals. And she just wanted me to go away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the first part you're, you shared is probably exactly so. It would be, you know, she would be admitting that they're not cared for in the way they should. Um, but one of the things that you mentioned in your writing is that the animals are suffering in general uh, in the world. So can you explain further what you mean by that? Yes, I think that we live, unfortunately, in a society that has been removed from our own intuition, been removed slowly and steadily from nature, been removed slowly and steadily from animals, And now we're eating them, we're wearing them, we're chopping down their habitats, we're polluting their oceans, um, and we are exploiting them, enslaving them, and abusing them in the most horrific ways. And we're doing it without even realizing that we're doing it. We're doing it because that's what we always did. Our parents are doing it because that's what they've always done. And um, 
I like to refer to this moment in history as a great awakening. I think that we've evolved mm-hmm. physically and we've evolved technologically and now it's in front of us to evolve spiritually and it's time for all of us to open our eyes, to look around us, to question our own habits and our um, rituals and our um, and the way that we celebrate holidays. I mean, why does someone have to die for us to celebrate? It's time mm-hmm. for the great awakening, for us to awaken to real love, to awaken to our own intuition, to awaken to the connections that bind all of us, no matter what kind of animal we are. And when we do that, not only will there be reverence and peace on the planet, but there'll be health in our bodies, and we will have these incredibly deep, rewarding connections to every living being around us. And I cannot wait. Right. I totally agree with you, and I think it's been bubbling up, especially since the pandemic years. But this year, this 2024, I believe is going to be a a huge leap with more people awakening. And that's our goal with the Dream Vision 7 radio anyway. It's been to awaken people, connect within, because I truly believe it all starts with connecting within, being out in nature, um, helping, serving others. It's, it's all connected and it's all stringed together. Uh, and when you think about it, Ellie, I mean, we're in homes now, separated in homes. And a lot of times you can have family down the street, but we're so busy, we're not connecting other than texts. And, you know, back in the day, we were in communities and we were living outside and it, it was, it's a total different thing. And we're so busy trying to make everything, trying to make everything happen between paying our mortgages, driving the kids to dance and sports and everything that happens when you have um, kids and the responsibility is overwhelming. So you can, I can actually see now that I'm older, looking at my girls and their families, when you're that age, you're so consumed, you're not thinking of, at the level we are now, you're not thinking of everyone and who's suffering and and what can you do about it and there's too many guns in the USA and all of that you're just not you're focusing on your family and a lot of people are trying to survive um so that um it's good that we have people like yourself to bring it to the forefront to bring it in people's faces and then people will hear it another time or so on radio, of course. And uh, But the bottom line is people like yourself and those with messages, and we all have uh, missions, bringing it to the forefront so people can hear and stop and say, hey, wait a minute, I want to be part of that. I want to make a difference. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so that's my thing, thinking of all the ones that may not be paying attention the way we would hope they would. I think you're right. I think we're, when we're in survival mode, it's hard to evolve because we're just trying to make it through the day. Yeah. Um, but I will say that one of the biggest lessons that animals have taught me when they get to come in safely at the gentle barn, um, if they're pregnant, have their babies, they get to fall in love and stay with their partners, they get to have these big, rich, beautiful families, is that mm-hmm. to animals, family is the most treasured value. 
and they protect those families and they'll die for those families and they give all of their energy to their families. And unfortunately in our society, I don't think unfortunately that our highest value is family. I think that we are kind of led around by our careers and um, I think that that's one of the factors as to why we don't have communities anymore. We're kind of alone with our kids and our own issues and our problems kind of alone where we are instead of living in big tribes or big communities where there's so many that would help us um, with daily life. Now we're kind of in it alone. And you're right. Mm -hmm. A lot of us are in survival mode. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Yes. So tell us about, I, I love that you're working with the kids too, because that's cultivating all that we talked about, all the goodness of life and, and our, uh, con- our you know, collective consciousness, as I, all of that is being cultivated with the younger generations so that as they come along, they will be more proactive, they will be active and, and do things and be part of the system, changing all the systems. Um, so tell us about... Uh, what you do with the kids, how you can bring them in and inspire them. And they're already still connected if they're six years old and under, um, but they're more connected than, you know, we are. I remember feeling very lonely as a child because I was so incredibly intuitive and I loved animals and nature so much, but the people around me did not. And it made me feel, it made me feel different and lonely Mm -hmm. and in it on my own. And the gentle barn wants to provide or provides a place for people to come in and be with animals because animals, especially farm animals have been for the most part removed from our neighborhoods. It's also a place where they can come and meet other people that love animals the way that they do. Um, And Mm. it's a place they can come and discover their own intuition in a safe space. It's a place where people can come and call home, no matter who they are, no matter how they're showing up, no matter what they're going through. If they need healing, the animals offer so much healing. If they're looking for community, the Gentle Barn is a community of animal lovers and gentle people. And if they're looking to kind of get closer to their own intuition and expand their own empathy and discover who they are, the Gentle Barn is a safe space to do that. So the Gentle Barn Mm -hmm. is located in Santa Clarita, California, which is just outside Los Angeles, Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee, and St. Louis, Missouri. And we're hoping to expand to New York. We're working on that as we speak. Um, so hopefully so that let me will ask you, if I may interject, how did, how did it evolve to be in Tennessee and Missouri? So the, the original dream of the Gentle Barn was to rescue severely abused and neglected animals who had nowhere else to go, to partner with the animals when they were ready, to heal people with the same stories of trauma, and to expand um, so that we can save more animals and heal more people and open more hearts. So we've always wanted to expand, um, but again, kind of like, the way I didn't know how to start the gentle barn. I also didn't know how to expand the gentle barn once we had that first location. And there was a beautiful cow that was in Nashville, Tennessee, who had lost a foot and was hobbling around on three legs. He was about to be sent to slaughter. And a friend of his owner, a friend of the rancher, um, was trying desperately to save this cow. And she reached out to 200 sanctuaries, and they all said, I'm sorry, you know, we can't help. And so she had followed the Gentle Barn uh, for years, and she reached out to us and said, look, I know 
that you're really far away, but I was hoping that you can at least give you some advice. And uh, co-founder of The Gentle Barn and my husband, Jay Weiner, reached out and found a bovine surgeon not far from where the cow was, and he found a company that could make a prosthetic foot for a cow. And oh it was also gosh. my birthday. Yeah, and it was my birthday coming up. So he came to me one day and said, hey, happy birthday, we're going to go rescue a cow. And we mm-hmm. went to Tennessee and met Dudley and brought him to the hospital for amputations and surgeries and underwater treadmill therapy and acupuncture and his ultimate prosthetic. And mm-hmm. once um, he had recovered and was wearing his prosthesis just fine, it was, he was being discharged. And we toyed with the idea of bringing him home to California, but it was a very long and grueling trip. Also in California, we're on sand, and we didn't want those little grains of sand going into the prosthesis. So we went to our board of directors, and by this time, Dudley was world famous because we shared his entire experience and recovery on Facebook Lives. Um, Amazing. Yeah. So we went to our board of directors and asked if we could open the second Gentle Barn for Dudley, and we knew that our fans would support us, and they did. And we opened um, our second location. We're located in Nashville, Tennessee, and since then we've rescued many, many more animals. And we offer cow hug therapy where people can find healing with our gentle giants, barnyard therapy where people can celebrate life and find joy no matter what what we've gone through, and equine therapy where we can practice confidence and leadership skills with our horses. Right. Um, I'm familiar with the equine uh, therapy, but I love the cow therapy concept. And uh, we're going to talk about that when we come back. We have to take our first break. Everyone, we're, we're with Ellie Lax. And to get in touch with her, go on her site. It's simply gentlebarn.org, just as it sounds, gentlebarn.org. We'll be back more with her questions, and feel free, again, to call in, ask her a question, make a comment. Our number is 833-220-1200. We'll be back in a moment. Experience different yet profound healing with Reconnective Healing. Includes yet expands beyond any and all known forms of energy healing. The Reconnective Healing Spectrum is comprised of the full healing and evolutionary continuum of energy, light, and information. It allows for healings that are not just physical, not just mental, not just emotional, yet go beyond that to bring healing that includes the evolution of your very being and essence. Deborah Beauvais, trained and certified by world-renowned Dr. Eric Pearl, offers appointment hours at Seacock Family Chiropractic in Seacock, Massachusetts. For questions or to set up both distance or local sessions, call Deborah at 508-431-1959. Again, 508-431-1959. Or go to lovebyintuition.com. That's lovebyintuition.com. Calling all authors. Have you been considering an audiobook? Well, look no further. Come take advantage of DreamVision 7 Radio Network's unique in-house audiobook production, which includes benefits and bonuses from our radio station. Let our knowledgeable staff guide you to create the audiobook you've always dreamed of without breaking the bank. Check out our full one-stop service from A to Z, including the ACX process. Schedule a free consultation by calling 508-226-1723. That's 508-226-1723. Or go to DreamVision7Radio.com. 
After narrowly surviving the attack on Sandy Hook Elementary, first grade teacher Caitlin Royd Develis was left searching for answers that would never come. Eventually, she chose to focus on questions that could be answered. How do I make sure this tragedy doesn't define us? How do we get our control back? Those two questions led her to found the 501c3 nonprofit organization, Classes for Classes. When gifts poured into their classroom, she decided they would help someone else by paying it forward and being kind. This developed into a social network which allows K-8 classrooms to connect so that every student in the United States can learn these crucial lessons. Classes for Classes' mission is to build students' social-emotional intelligence by connecting them to care. All C4C projects are crowdfunded. Any teacher in the U.S. can visit classesforclasses.org. That's classes, the number four, classes.org. Sign up today. Delight your kids with an enchanting journey by reading the Paper Doll Kids Children's Book by Deborah Beauvais and Janine Sullivan. There's even a catchy tune, Kids for Love Song, produced by Bob Sherwood and sung by kids just like yours. The story weaves around seven paper dolls flying around the world doing good deeds as they bring important attention to our endangered animal friends. There's even a magical ring with a universal message. Kids become interested in service projects, action through compassion, and planting seeds that nurture positive change. The Paper Doll Kids and Kids for Love Song are a production of the Kids for Love Project. Get the book now on Amazon Kindle and the song on CD Baby or iTunes. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Our guest today is Ellie Lax. Uh, she is also, besides the other things that we have shared, uh, she's an educational outreach director working with hundreds of in inner city, at-risk, and special needs children each year, and uh, has directly rescued thousands of animals that would otherwise have been killed. Um, she's dedicated her life, as we have found, to being the voice for the voiceless. She is also the author of My Gentle Bond, Creating a Sanctuary Where Animals Heal and Children Learn to Hope. And there's another book that's coming out, and we'll be talking with her about that as we go along. But I wanted to, um, you know, you mentioned about the slaughterhouses, uh, but you have, you and your husband have connected with, with them, and you have a relationship. So tell us about that, Ellie. So my husband, uh, Jay Weiner, also co-founder of The Gentle Barn, he is really good at making relationships with people. And he has established relationships with owners of stockyards, auction houses, and slaughterhouses. And the reason why that's so important is because in California, I don't know if it's nationwide, but I know it's in California, there was a law passed several years ago that said that when an animal is too sick to stand up, they cannot be processed for a profit. Um, so... If they can't call us, they're destroying these animals um, probably in inhumane ways, but because they can call us, because the relationship that we have with them, then instead of destroying that animal, they can call us and we can take the animal off their hands and bring them to the gentle barn. And so these connections have afforded us very, very wonderful opportunities to save so many animals. We, um, the other thing is that 
cows mostly go to preg- go to slaughter pregnant because um, they weigh more per pound at the end of their term. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, because of the stress or just ill timing, um, there are cows that end up giving birth at the slaughterhouse. Now, the slaughterhouse is not equipped to deal with baby cows. And so because of our relationships with them, they're able to call us and then we can come and get the baby. And we've also worked it out with most of our relationships that we take the mom as well. So um, we can save that mom and baby and they can grow up in safety and love at the gentle barn. And it's beautiful. So we've saved quite a number of babies and moms um, Mm. over the years. Yeah. Now in Tennessee and and Minnesota, are you the people that are running those nonprofits? Are they cultivating relationships with slaughterhouses and things of that sort, just as you all? Yeah. So you can't franchise a nonprofit. So actually, Jay and I are right. running all three locations: uh, Los oh, Angeles, Nashville, and St. Louis. Yeah. So we run all three locations, and we have staff there that we oversee, and we travel a lot to go to the properties. Um, and we have meetings and, you know, we're very involved in the care of the animals, the training of the staff and the executing of the programs out there. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I said Minnesota when it was Missouri. Um, but mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> so what I wanted to, let's get back to the programs. I actually grew up on a farm. And so just as you were playing with those polywogs, I was as well. And we each had a cow. The kids each had a cow with their name. And we used to talk with them and play with them. And it was um, chickens, horses, just a couple of horses, but mostly cows. And in the early day, it was a lot of pigs. But then those phased out. But I had that kind of uh, early childhood before things changed from there. Uh, so I had... I, when I hear about like the cows and that, and I, my favorite animal, as I always say, the listeners will hear over and over again, is my is the horse. And my girls had horses when they were younger, and um, one of them has the horse and po- you know a miniature pony now, when she's got the chickens and the whole thing. But tell us more about the cow hug therapy because all of this is so important because the cows are and and the horses and all that you do are communicating with the humans so even if they're not totally awakened they could actually be the catalyst to help that human become awakened well, they absolutely are, and many people often ask me when they find out about cow hug therapy in our programs, they ask me, am I a therapist? And I say, no, the animals are. So the animals are absolutely the therapists here, and they are changing and transforming lives on a daily basis. Um, so I, when I opened the Gentle Barn t- almost 25 years ago, uh, my very first cow, her name was Buddha. And I had an amazing experience. Um, I had never had a cow before, but I knew when I saw her face that I loved her instantly. Um, my husband at the time uh, heard that I was planning to rescue a cow and said that it's the cow or me, and out went the husband. So I sacrificed a lot to get this cow. <laughs> um, and 
she came to us. She was being rescued from slaughter, and she came to us from Washington State. And that first Sunday when we were open to the public, uh, the General Barnes opened to the public so people can come meet our animals and hear their stories of resilience. That first Sunday, I was keeping a very close eye on her because I didn't know if she was going to be overwhelmed by our visitors, if she was going to be afraid. And what I saw actually was the very opposite. When the first crowd of people came in to visit with our animals, she walked over to the crowd, inserted herself into the middle, laid down, and invited people to cuddle with her. Oh. So it was right away that I saw that she was no ordinary cow. Um, I have a ritual then and still do where just before I go to bed, I go out one last time and I check on all the animals and make sure that everybody is safe and healthy for the night. And I went outside um, that, that first night and I said goodbye to everybody. And Buddha was laying close to the gate, closest to my, to my house. And I was going to, you know, pat her on the head and keep going because I had responsibilities in the house and I was also exhausted from the day. And there was something about the way she looked at me that beckoned me to stop and to pay more attention to her. So I did. I stopped. And I said, well, you know what? I can spare a few minutes. And I sat down next to her shoulder, and I kind of leaned my back against her. And she did something that would change the course of my entire life and the work that we do here at the Gentle Barn. As soon as I had rested against her shoulder, she wrapped her neck around me and held me. Oh, wow. I'm getting goosebumps. And she held me tight, and I rested my face against her shoulder, and I was so surprised by this act of generosity and nurturing that I burst into tears, and I wept Mm -hmm. into her shoulder, and she held me. She held me for a good solid hour. Mm. And those hugs became our nightly ritual. They became things that I could not live without and I could not wait for. And I ended every single day with a hug from Buddha. And they were restoring me, resuscitating me. They ushered me through my divorce. They ushered me through the financial challenges of finding a sanctuary. They ushered me through the challenges of just the logistics of managing staff and managing volunteers and figuring out how to survive um, with this big nonprofit and so much responsibility. And I started realizing if they were changing my life and healing me in such a profound way, what could they do to other hurting humans? And I very quickly went into my office, opened the yellow pages, and started dialing drug and alcohol rehab centers, domestic violence shelters, homeless shelters, um, probation camps, foster agencies, inner city schools, and classes for the special needs, and inviting them to come out and heal with me in the barnyard. And they did. Wow. So they realized that the the special opportunity of coming there. Yes. Yes, they did. They brought their clients. They brought their residents. And before I knew it, we had not only uh, um, sold out every single solitary day, but we also had a waiting list of many, many agencies that were waiting to come in. Um, And we started every group by talking to the kids, I would ask them what their dreams were and who they, who, what is the best word that describes who they are. And they would come in, shut down, not looking at me, arms folded defensively across their chest, uh, maybe poking fun and, and, and being really funny to make other kids laugh, um, but refusing to be vulnerable. And my questions of them, wanting to know who they are, wanting to know what their dreams and their plans were, Um, they felt seen and they started looking in the eye and they started answering my questions. 
And then I would bring them into the barnyard, and the first thing we did was go to Buddha. And mm-hmm. it was the most remarkable thing to watch these tough, cold, hardened, defensive teenagers, you know, resist and not want to, and I would just encourage them, and finally they would come over to Buddha, put their faces on her, and their faces would melt into open, Mm. vulnerable kids. And it was like watching a miracle every single time. And 25 years later to this day, I still cannot get tired of that transformation because of our beautiful cows. Yeah, that's incredible to be able to witness that. Yeah, wow. It's a real honor. And I have spent 25 years trying to figure out why the cow's embraces are so transformative. I mean, all animals are amazing and all animals are therapeutic. What is so unique about the cow? And here's what I've come up with. Mm. I, still, I still stand on the belief that all animals are therapeutic. However, they all have different things to offer us. With cats and dogs and smaller animals, bunny rabbits, whatever, what, what, what have you, they're loving us and they're healing us but we're the ones doing the holding. We're holding them. We're playing with them. With, in the case of horses, we're riding them. So we're still kind of in a power position. And healing does not start in a power position. Healing starts mm-hmm. when we're vulnerable. Absolutely. And there's something about cows that they weigh 3,000 pounds. So you can't tell them what to do. You can't ride them. You can't move them. You can't train them. You are there in front of them, and they are choosing to work with you out of the goodness of their hearts. And I think that that automatically puts us in a very humble position. And in that humility, that vulnerability, and that openness, that's where healing starts. So cows bring a very unique perspective and an opportunity to heal. Mm. Well, I also thank you for think, sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, there's right one ahead. more. Yeah, there's one more reason why I think cow hug therapy is so transformative. Um. When we're infants and we're held by our caregivers, we rest our faces on their chests and we can hear their heartbeat and it slows down our own. Mm-hmm. We rise and fall with their breathing and we match our breathing to match theirs. We feel very small, very vulnerable, very helpless in big, powerful, warm, caretaking arms. And when we grow up, there is nothing that I've found anyway that replicates that sensation except for cow hug therapy, because it mimics that feeling of being in a very warm embrace with a gentle giant that is protecting and nurturing us. We can hear their heartbeat. We can rise and fall with their breathing. And it brings back that same feeling of being an infant in a caregiver's arms where infinite possibilities are offered to us. Hmm. Just a question. Are the cows, do they live well with a miniature horse in the same barn? Yes, um, cows are extremely gentle creatures, and it's my belief that everyone in the whole world should have at least two cows. <laughs> well, I've, I've been mentioning it to my daughter that has all these animals and a barn and all, and I mentioned the cow because of my own childhood. And But now I'm going to have her listen to this show because she really needs to get a cow. Mm, I agree. <laughs> I highly recommend yeah. it. Wow. I mean, I don't know. I'm reconnecting with my roots, Ellie. 
with mm-hmm. <laughs> with you talking about the cows and the cow hug therapy. I mean, I, I just love that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so do you have any other profound stories? I mean, between the the cow with the prosthesis and the different things that you've shared already, and but do you have a human animal combination where it's where it's just so profound? I do, and of course, the longer version of this is in my new book coming out called Cow Hug Therapy: How the Gentle Barn oh, Animals Talk. Yeah. Yeah, my new book is called Cowhug Therapy. <laughs> yes, now hold that thought. I'm, I'm in such the moment. I didn't realize we need to take our break. Um, everyone, uh, go to gentlebond.org. Again, gentlebond.org. Uh, Ellie has a whole list with pictures, and each animal has a story, and you can sponsor uh, whichever animal that you choose. But it's extensive. You go, I mean, they go on the site. You'll enjoy it. You'll get an education and pass it on. Gentlebond.org. We'll be back in a moment. Take a journey to a place of the divine love within with Deborah Beauvais on the Love by Intuition show, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. Eastern. Our message is love in the purest form. The light within us all is a guide to recall our beginning, to learn to love self and humankind, and to feel the higher power of our own divinity. To attract love, one needs to be love. Come join us and step into this glorious vibration called love. Delight your kids with an enchanting journey by reading the Paper Doll Kids Children's Book by Deborah Beauvais and Janine Sullivan. There's even a catchy tune, Kids for Love Song, produced by Bob Sherwood and sung by kids just like yours. The story weaves around seven paper dolls flying around the world doing good deeds as they bring important attention to our endangered animal friends. There's even a magical ring with a universal message. Kids become interested in service projects, action through compassion, and planting seeds that nurture positive change. The Paper Doll Kids and Kids for Love Song are a production of the Kids for Love Project. Get the book now on Amazon Kindle and the song on CD Baby or iTunes. Are miracles real? Can you move from mayhem to miracles? 30 prominent authors say yes as they share their high fives and down lows of challenges, abuse, addiction, and love. Experience Hope, the magic elixir of miracles through the personal stories of New York Times bestselling authors James Redfield, Dr. Bernie Siegel, Sister Jenna, Reverend Temple Hayes, and many more. If you like bestsellers, chaos to clarity, and crappy to happy, you'll love crying and laughing through Mayhem to Miracles, sacred stories of transformational hope, available now on Amazon and in bookstores worldwide. It's a child's job to play, to learn, and to have fun. It's an adult's job to keep them safe. Did you know that one in four girls and one in six boys will be sexually abused before the age of 18? Every day, families enter the Children's Advocacy Center because a child's courage to tell someone what happened to them. Keeping our children safe starts with a conversation. This is Michelle Aranger, Executive Director of the Children's Advocacy Center. Learn more on how to keep your child safe. Visit CACofBC.org. This message made possible by the Fall River Rotary Club. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.
And we are back. And Ellie, tell us that that story. Yeah, so this is a story that I actually tell in longer detail in my new book called Cowhug Therapy. It's an amazing story of a woman who lost a child at only eight weeks old, and she was completely despondent, of course, uh, couldn't rejoin life, uh, could not move forward. She was very much wanting to and was working arduously in therapy, trying to recover, and she just couldn't do it. So her therapist recommended that she come volunteer at the gentle barn because animals are so healing. And when she called me and I heard her story and what she had been through, I said, yes, absolutely. You're welcome to come volunteer, but I would like first to have you come for a cow hug therapy session as my gift, my guest, my gift. I think that it would really do wonderful things for you. So uh, we booked a time and she came out for cow hug therapy and our cows are a matriarchal society and the matriarch, her job is to um, be there when babies are born and assist mothers in caring for those babies, discipline the teenagers, uh, groom everyone after breakfast, lead meditations for the whole family, and be there when animals pass away to say goodbye. So their job is very, very important. Um, our matriarch at the time, her name was Karma, and she, before coming to the gentle barn, had lost many, many children. So when this woman came for cow hug therapy, uh, without explanation, I just ushered her over to Karma, who was laying down at the time, and I brought her over to Karma and asked her to sit down next to Karma, and um, she sat, the woman sat down, leaned her back against Karma's shoulder, and closed her eyes. Over the next few minutes, unbeknownst to this woman, because her eyes were closed, every single cow that we had in our family at the time came over one by one by one and laid down until the cows had formed a circle around this woman. Oh, my gosh. And the cows closed their eyes, and they started, for lack of a better description, doing energy healing on this woman. They were meditating. They formed a circle around her. Their eyes were closed, and they were giving this woman a form of healing that you cannot see with your eyes and cannot describe with words, but all of us could feel it. Mm. And so I closed my eyes and joined the circle and uh, did energy healing on the woman as well. 45 minutes later, the woman's eyes opened. She looked around the circle and realized what a beautiful thing had just happened. And she looked over at me and she started talking about her son. She started talking about, you know, beautiful stories that we laughed and we cried and we remembered him together. And after a really long time of remembering him, she stood up. She dusted off her pants. She gave me a big hug, and I walked her to her car. A week later, her parents called me, and they told me that the animals at the gentle barn, the cows, had saved her life, and that whatever happened there that day and whatever healing and love and restorative hope those cows had given her, she was now on track at her therapy, moving forward, making steps to move forward, and reentering the world of the living and the last time I talked to this woman was a year later. She had moved out of state, got pregnant again with a little girl, and had um, started a podcast of her own specifically to help parents who have lost their children. Oh. And she was able to move forward because of, cow- of cowhug therapy. Mm. That is, I mean, you have, you, there's no words to describe other than the cows just... They're, they have reverence for all life, and they know 
they they know. Yeah, wow. they do. And what's ironic is in our culture, we look at animals like they are beneath us, that they are less yeah. intelligent. And the I truth know. is that animals are way more intelligent than we could ever fathom or grasp or understand. And they are so incredibly intuitive. They know things. We had a cow named Holy Cow who um, <laughs> allowed... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, her name is Holy Cow. And she wasn't very licky, but she would hold still and people could hug her and she was lovely. The only time she ever licked somebody was when that somebody was pregnant. She, oh, anyone that came that was pregnant, she would lick their bellies. And one time she was licking someone who did not appear to be pregnant. And we were like, and we were giggling and we were saying, oh, that's so bizarre. She only licks pregnant people. And the woman looked up at us and said, I'm pregnant. I just have never told, I have never, I have not told anyone yet. Oh, and holy cow knew. Yes. Well, I mean, the, the stories and the sharing that you have done for us, there's no, no one could doubt the magic in, in energy, in nature, and all, as I said earlier, that we're all interconnected and just one strings to the next. Um, I, I just thank you for um, I just thank you for sharing. I'm so glad Joan said you have to have Ellie on the show. I'm so glad. Um, but now we're we're coming to a well, we're coming down towards the end, and I want you to share. You have a couple of retreats coming up. One next week. We do. And so the Gentle Barn is sanctuary, not just for animals, but for humans, not just in our programs, but in our events. And so this Saturday on January 27th at 8.30 a.m., we are going to be partnering with Thermal Horizons Yoga Studio here in Santa Clarita. And they're coming out and they're going to be having energy healing, sound healing, and yoga right in our barnyard with the animals. Oh, boy. And I believe that we still have some spots left, uh, just a few. So if anyone is in the area and is interested, they can check us out at gentlebarn.org and find out more information. Excellent. And then you have one in May, correct? Yes. In May, we're going to have, we're partnering with Lara. No, that's also a yoga. But in March, we are partnering with Lara Arguigio, um, who is an energy healer and a theta healer. And she's coming to the mm-hmm. barnyard to um, do a group chant and a group meditation and a group chakra healing. Mm. Excellent. Yeah. And the new book, when will that be published? Do you have an idea? So it's available right now on Amazon for pre-sale, and it, the book oh. is going to come out on May 21st oh, for, for okay. everybody. Yeah. All right, so it's pre-sale as we speak. Yes, and then um, we'll be shipped to you immediately on May 21st. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm, going to, I'm going to get in there and get one for myself. <laughs> I would love so, that. And yeah. the book the book is full of stories of these incredible, remarkable animals and everything they taught me about self-care and mental health and grieving loss and celebrating birth and being present. Um, everything that I know to be human, I've learned from cows and animals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you have. The, the stories are, I mean, one is more phenomenal than the next. It's just, 
incredible. Uh, I can't thank you enough for sharing. Um, and we still have a few minutes. I'm just going on about, I'm in gratitude uh, for you to be on the show and sharing your gifts and your knowledge and your wisdom and your soul, Ellie. You can feel that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I feel yours as well. I feel wonderfully grateful and thankful that you're on this planet with me at this time doing the work that you're doing because it takes all of us to elevate us to where we need to be and can be. Thank you. Thank you. And you're, you're, you're using the words I use. So we're on the same Mm -hmm. wave and it's so important to get on that wave because your life can change and you just feel good doing other good deeds and things of that sort and just enlightening people and and even just holding the love and having someone next to you that you don't even know feel that love what's better than love so so how, anyway, how can people help? Like what can people do that are in the Boston area or say they're out in Montana? What can they do? Or maybe they're even, and you know, not even, but in, you know, maybe they're in the UK and they're listening and, or they're going to listen next week when, when this replays and archived and where, I don't know if you're aware, but, um, all the shows are on 55 to 60 that keeps going up. Different podcast directories have actually picked up the station. So uh, those are everywhere. But what can people do? Say it's just one person by themselves or a group. What can they do to help? Well, um, first of all, if you can visit a gentle barn near you, either in Los Angeles, Nashville, or St. Louis, come and hug a cow, cuddle a turkey, give a pig a tummy rub, hold a chicken, hear their stories of resilience, and connect even more deeply to these beautiful, beautiful animals. Um, In the meantime, while you're hopefully planning to do that, you can check us out on all social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, um, Twitter, Come and fall in love with these animals from afar and hear their stories and and learn so much about them. Um, You can check out The Gentle Barn at gentlebarn.org. And of course, we cannot do this work saving animals, healing humans, and opening hearts without the generosity of our donors. So um, people can go to our website, gentlebarn.org, and sponsor an animal that calls out to them. And in exchange for their monthly donation to sponsor that animal, we send them a monthly picture with an update of how the animal is doing. So if you're in the UK, you can have your own cow. You can have your own horse or goat or pig or even an emu. Um, um, And then, you know, we're doing this to create more peace, more love, and more joy for animals and humans alike. So the greatest thing that you can do is just be gentle, be kind, be vegan, be loving, be curious, be evolving whenever and however we can. Mm. Beautifully said. I invite you to write that 200 to 250 word essay with that question that I mentioned earlier. You can go on our site and see it, but it's what does peace look like to you? I'd love to have. We turn it into a blog post and promote it, 
and the whole idea is to just keep going with different people contributing with their essays on what that question means to them that feeds that collective consciousness so that we're elevating love, kindness, and reverence for the, for the plants, everything. Reverence for themselves, and it all starts with themselves. Reverence for yourself. So everyone, check that out. And Ellie, I invite you. So go on our site. You'll see. The, click on the blog, and you'll see the peace campaign uh, and the details. That I can send you the link. But everyone listening now or later, share the show when you hear it. Share it with your family, friends, anyone that's in your circle. Share it because it's an important episode today. They're all important, but I love this time with you, Ellie. So thank you so much. Mm, Thank you so much for having me. And if Joan hadn't already recommended me, I'd be recommending her to you. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And we'll have you back. I'm having her back sometime later in the year, and I'll have you back, too. Once your new book comes out, we will do that. Uh, And it will be my honor to do so. Uh, So everyone out Thank you. Thank you, Ellie. So everyone out there, go within, spend some time outside. Even if it's cold, hug a tree, just be outside for a few minutes and regenerate yourself and go from there. Until we come together next time in love, au revoir. Are you seeking a clearer path to love? Then tune in to the Love by Intuition show next week. All designed to your highest good. To contact Deborah Buffet, owner of Empowered Connections, call her at 508 508- 226-1723. That's 508-226-1723. Or link on to lovebyintuition.com. Remember, we are all one, and we are all part of the miracle of love. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.